streaming live soon. Good morning. I'm Rick Bonfim, and we are in Athens, Georgia, and uh, we're dealing with First Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. And I want to read to you chapter 5, because uh, it, will, it will help you to uh, understand what Paul is saying. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. He's dealing with congregational people and how to deal with personal ministry within a local church. Treat young men as brothers, older women as mothers, and young women as sisters with absolute purity. This type of treatment of the minorities seemed to be required in the ministry of Paul. Give proper recognition uh, to those widows who are really in need. And he spends a great time dealing with widows, which is interesting. I want you to hear this because when a prophetic ministry is established, it, it's fair to the congregation. It's fair to those in need. And, and it's fair to those that are uh, 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 second class. It says this, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own families and so repaying their parents and grandparents. This is pleasing to God. Meaning, if you have the ability to have a personal ministry and you have a large family that can take care of you, the family should take care of the widow, which is not the case. You see, in America, that is, it is, it is a, one of the greatest sins against the elder, elderly is that the family doesn't feel responsible to take care of the elder. The, 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 mothers, the mother's-in-law and the, and, the, and, the, and the sisters-in-law and the brothers-in-law, they seem to have their priority first and the elderly second. And so it's just uh, unrecognizable to many of you, but I can see that as I minister, as I travel, as I listen, that uh, sons will not care for their mothers uh, the way in, the, in South America. In South America, the community is so close that when the, grand, when the mother is elderly and she's a widower, they put a room in the house just for her in a separate entrance, which happens in America, but not as often. And so let me continue to read because you're going to get a kick of this. Uh, the widow who is really in need, second time. What do you mean the widow who is really in need? She don't have a way to sustain herself. She don't have a way to deal with herself. She has no money to pay the bills. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for mercy and to help. And so in the times of Paul, the church had a department, an office, of taking care of the widows. And because of, of, of the strain upon the farmer, the strain upon uh, the, the, the poor, the, the taxes of the Roman empire upon them, widows were people that were left up to care by the church. 
by, by the actual church. You're talking about the Ephesian church, the, the church at Ephesus. And Timothy is in charge. And then it says, give the people these instructions too so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for, their, for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Meaning it was a problem. It was a serious problem. And so I'm saying to you today that if this is a problem in your personal life, and if your mother and you are a son, and your father, if you are a son, uh, is in need, and you need to get involved. I challenge you. You need to get involved. You need to know what's going on and partake and take care of your, of your family, of your elderly. You've got to do that. that I mean, Paul says you're worse than an infidel if you, if you don't do it. And so I'm challenging you today uh, as I study Paul's discipling Timothy that we be disciple. To take care of the widows. Now, no widow may be put out on the list of widows unless she's over 60. Has been faithful to her husband. Well known for her good deeds. uh, Such as bringing up children. Showing hospitality. Washing the feet of the saints. Helping those in trouble. And devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. And of course, if you are in the temple, you have no choice. You're going to have to help and do the things that, that the priests require of the widows. So there's an office there in the time of Paul, and the widows were taken care. But I can tell you this, I have a lot of, I have a lot, I know a lot of sons, not my family. I want you to know that my children look after me and call me every day to take care of me and watching over me and, and provide for me. As for young widows, do not put them as such on the list for when their sexual desire overcomes their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about the house to house, and not only they, they become eld- idols, uh, idlers, but also gossipers and busybodies saying things they ought not to say. So he's saying, don't put the list young young. Uh, uh, widows. Uh, make sure that they will marry. Amen. So I counsel younger widows to marry and to have children and to manage their homes and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some, in fact, already turn away to Satan. If a woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should keep help to them and do not let the church be burdened with them so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. And so I, I want to tell you something. Uh, that, that That's a problem. It's a real problem. I'm speaking about a real problem. The church in Paul's day had a lot of women that were widows, and they needed help. And, of course, in the church today is the same case. Amen? In the same case. So in my, in my personal opinion... I do something for widows because I want them to be cared for. But today we live in a different day in which most widows are millionaires. They have money left by the husband. They're taken care by what was left. And uh, you might think that way, but as I begin to speak to them, I want you to know that they are uh, discouraged. They are alone. They've been left out uh, to pasture. Nobody cares about them. 
And there's, and there's a, a great sin against people, widows in the life of the church. And so, now he gives a word to the elders. And he says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So, double honor simply means if you teach the word, you should respect the persons who teach the word. And of course, uh, the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while treading the, treading the corn, the grain. The worker deserves his wages. And I've been very sensitive to that because I've studied First Timothy. That there is a need in people who serve the Lord. And of course, the church don't recognize this. I've seen churches that have people working for them and ministering there. And they are older people ministering to the life of the church. Never received a single dollar for the work they've done for years. For years. For years. And I think if you ask me, why does the church do that? It's because the church itself don't have enough money to take care of that. I, I would say to you that on first Sunday, instead of giving an offering to the children of some orphanage somewhere where the church, give to those who help the church to grow. I, have a, I go to a small church, and uh, it's just a membership of about 50 people. And... Uh, uh, the widows there really work hard for the life of the day. They cook the meals. They do a wonderful job. And now and then, uh, I, I give an offering to one and give an offering to the other. Uh, uh, I remember Mary Lucy giving an offering to a special widow, uh, widow that uh, we, we noticed that she was so helpful to the life of the church. Amen. And so Paul is saying, Make sure, do not entertain an accusation. Now, let's go to further. As to elders or those who teach and preach, Paul says, do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's brought up by two or three witnesses. What do you mean by that? If somebody come to you with an accusation against an elder, ask for three witnesses before you receive that accusation. Because if you don't do that, you are sinning against someone who perhaps uh, 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 is being accused uh, uh, illegally or, or wrongfully or contrary to the Word of God. You don't, you don't accuse an elder without any, any uh, adjustments and correction from the Lord. Someone said to me, uh, you have said that uh, there is, uh, you want to, to divorce your wife. And, of course, you know, I never said that. That is a sin against me. It's against this ministry. It's against an elder. And those that listen to it uh, need to have three witnesses, two or three witnesses. Amen. So, look at this. In the, those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may be taken warning. I charge in the sight of God and of Jesus Christ and the elect elders to keep these instructions without partiality and to do no favoritism. In other words, sometimes in the life of the church, you have someone that you take 
and lay hands and pray and minister to them when you shouldn't. What do you mean do not lay hasty? Do not be hasty in laying out the hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Has to do with ordination. Nothing to do with prayer. Ordination. Before you ordain someone as an elder, be careful that you don't partake of the sins that have not already been met by repentance. Am I going too fast? Let me go to verse uh, uh, 20, 20, 23. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Now, there are two words for wine. Tirash and inaim. Now, tirash is uh, unfermented wine, like orange juice or, 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 or grape juice. But yaim is actually fermented uh, wine. And so the word here on this verse, chapter, chapter 5, amen, uh, verse 23, a little wine here is yaim. It is fermented. In other words, no malady of the stomach, no problem with digestion that perhaps Timothy had is going to be dealt with uh, by, <laughs> by, 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 by grape juice. Amen? Grape juice is just sugar. Now, a good wine is good for the soul. And so, it says again, The sins of some men are obvious, reaching to the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those who are not cannot be hidden. Sins of men are obvious. These are sins that are unconfessed sins. If we confess our sin, He's just and faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so when you see sin in somebody's life, you've got to ask if they have repented. Now, of course, we'll go a little further now to deal with life of the church today and go to some notes in the next 15 minutes. Amen? So here we go. So Paul begins chapter 5 dealing with with widows and elders, and specifically about pastors. Because if you look at pastors, he said, Let the elders, pastors, who rule, be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And then he says later on uh, again, Receive not an accusation, but before, but before two or three witnesses. And so if you entertain, somebody comes to you, and you entertain the conversation, and you let this person accuse. You say, wait, stop a minute. You can't do that. You cannot accuse an elder. Why? Because you have no witness. It's your mouth against an elder. You've got to correct that in the life of your church. Because if you don't correct, it simply means is that you keep on sinning against people, and the elders lose the authority and the power given to them by anointing, by imposition of hands, by personal ministry. When you see an elder uh, in, in heat and worry and concern, go over there and stand with him. And, of course, in my ministry, my chairman, uh, Dino Cates, stand for me. You want to accuse Rick Bonfim of something? Talk to Dino Cates. And as far as my sins, I bring before Christ, and I ask him to forgive me. And I repent of my sins before the Lord day and night, asking Him to cleanse me, to restore me, and to renew me. And, of course, I do that every single day. 
So, let's, let's then begin to comment and deal with the majority of chapter 5, which is spent with widows. The whole chapter, about 80%, Paul talks about widows. And, of course, there was a problem. It was a problem in the life of the church. There were hundreds and hundreds of women uh, without. And, and it hurts me deeply, hurts me deeply when, when I can't help a, a widower, when I can't be a blessing to a person that is by herself and paying her own bills and struggling to make ends meet. It hurts my heart. And so, when a woman lost her husband, there's no social security in those days to care for them. So the church had to special office to take care of them. Uh, if a widow had children or grandchildren, the, Paul says that they should be dealt by the grandchildren. And, and they should take care of the, of the grandmother, which is really, uh, really uh, not the case. The real widow who has no family... Uh, should be in prayer as God would provide for her. Someone who works and does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. The second time I say this, what Paul is saying here is that if you don't take care of the widows in your family, you have no part with of the Holy Spirit. An infidel is someone who don't believe who is going to hell. And so I challenge you, you need to correct this in your personal family. Because there are problems. I can show you and I can tell you the name of several widows that I know who the family care less. If you remember uh, Acts 6.1, uh, the church cared for the widows and orphans. And, and, of course, the Greek women complained that the Hebrew women were being left out. Uh, the Hebrew women complained that the Greek women were being left out of, uh, of, of provision and the meal for the day. And so Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 11 says, Let the widows trust in me, says the Lord. Let the widows trust in me, says the Lord. Have I been fair with the widow? Yes, I have. We had a widow that worked for us and ministered to us. And, and, and when her departure came, our ministry provided uh, all the money that she will not believe. Thousands and thousands of dollars in order to take care and to stand for that. And we continue and we are willing to continue to provide for that person. So, uh, look at Jeremiah saying, leave your fatherless children. I will preserve them alive. And let the widows trust in me, says the Lord. Jeremiah 49, 11. So, are there in the Bible widows that uh, were uh, in, in the temple and served the Lord? Well, Anna was one of them. She said she departed not from the temple. How did she eat? People brought food. Luke 2, 37. Luke 2, 37. But serve God with fasting and prayer night and day. And of course, she was able to see the baby Jesus by revelation of the Holy Spirit. But the widow who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. And there are so many widows 
that are in pleasure. If you go to websites where women are, are, are asking people to marry her with a, with a cup of whiskey in her hand, party night and day, will respond to God. So, are there words that Paul says in relation to widows in the life of the church? Number one, no divorced women would be able to be served by the church. No women uh, uh, below 60 would be provided. No women who have been divorced will be provided. Only the wife of one man. Uh, women who have a name for hospitality. Women who have good works. Women who taught the, the Word of God with good works. Women that brought up children. Women that uh, uh, had children of their own and adapted children. Women that, that had large strangers. Women that washed the feet of the saints. Women that entertained good Christians. Washing feet was an entertainment. Women that uh, relieved in a, uh, uh, with the afflicted. Women that refused uh, to help young women that were divorced but provide them with marriage. So notice that Paul, in this chapter, uh, chapter 5, begins on chapter 4. He begins with apostasy, the falling way of the saints. He said that in latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Then he moves to uh, 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 what a good minister depend on Christ as the mediator. And then he begins to deal with chapter 5. Let me, let me ask you today, as we come to closing before I finish this, this message today, let me ask you this. Do you have widows in your church? Do you know anyone in your church that sits in the back seat of the church and nobody speaks to them? Do you know the name of that lady? You and your wife on Sunday as you go into a nice restaurant to have a meal, would you invite her to go with you? Would you ask questions to this woman as to how she's faring, how she's doing? Do you uh, spend time with the needy, the poor, the broken? I want you to know that RBM in Brazil feeds these days 5,000 meals a month. And at least 25% of all those meals are given to widows, women that depend on that meal. If you go at 12 o'clock at the main door of the entrance in our ministry and you look down the street, there will be a line 150 feet of women. And 80% of them are widows. What a blessing to provide for women that cannot pay for their meal. What a blessing to, to give them a hot plate of food. And I'm telling you, not just any food. The best meat, the best chicken, the best vegetable. It costs us thousands of dollars to do this type of ministry. When you provide for RBM an offering to Brazil on your credit card, you are feeding thousands of people a year. Thousands. Multiply 5,000 meals times 12, and, uh, and, and, and you're going to find out how thousands of meals of uh, the, the repair of the equipment. Uh, we have to have a special truck to go buy food because it takes a truck to bring that, that much food to the mission. Uh, 
The distribution of food begins at 12 o'clock and it goes to 1 o'clock. And, and uh, it takes three cooks cooking from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to 12. Uh, and, and working all afternoon preparing for the next day. Uh, uh, it takes a pastor. It takes uh, an administrator financially. It takes a missionary. It takes three cooks. It takes a, 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 a driver of the truck to go back and forth on the hills with the feeding for the children. And uh, I want you to know that RBM is deeply involved in caring for children. And so in the name of Jesus, I ask you for an offering. I ask that you contact our ministry. And there's a code here on the screen. And, uh, and uh, get that code and go into the website and, and make a donation to Rick Bonfin Ministries. I don't ask uh, all the time, why am I doing this today? That's the first time I ask. And I think in 10, 20 years, why? It's because we run out of money in Brazil. At this very moment, uh, we don't have money for the month of December to buy food, which is, which is three to $4,000 of a truck loaded with everything. And, of course, the dollar in Brazil is one to five. So if I spend $2,000 in food today, uh, you multiply that by five, which is 10,000 reais, it's a lot of money. And so I ask you today in the name of Jesus that you go to our screen. It says, Scan to Give Online. And take that, that website and send us money to buy food. Send us money to buy food. I promise you that every single dollar that goes there goes directly to buy food for the poor. Now, I want to pray. If you are a widower and you are desperate and you have no way to sustain yourself, you can appeal to our website and send us your name and address. We don't give the money away. We give you a, a, we buy food at a store somewhere and you can go pick it up. You just tell me what you want and what you need. We're glad to provide for you uh, the sustainment. I want every single widower that don't have to take to give a turkey during Christmas. I want to make sure that our ministry continues to be a giving ministry to the poor and the needy. So what is our address? Our address is our RBM, which stands for Rick Bonfin Ministry. I am Rick Bonfin. And then at the bottom you put 1711. What is 1711? It's Merriweather Drive. What is Merriweather? It's M-E-R-R-I. Mary. M-E-R-R-I. And then the word weather. Merriweather Drive. 1711. Now the city, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting city. It's Watkinsville. W-A-T-S. K-I-N-V-I-L-L. Watkinsville. Did I say right? Watkinsville, Georgia. 30677. Our telephone number is 706-353-1546. 353-1546. area code 353-1546. When you go into this website... And right now, you can go to the screen of your television and take a picture of that, of that uh, s square here on my left side. It's right here. 
I'm putting my hand on it. This, this website right here. You give there and put your credit card there. And we will, we will receive your gift. Process it. One-time gift of $10, $20, $30. And that will provide food for Brazil and for the widows. I'm Rick Bonfim. I'm, I'm glad to be with you today and to speak on this subject of the widows. And so I pray that as Paul disciples Timothy prophetically indicates that there's a lot of problems today in the life of the church, not only in the area of, of taking care of the widows in the life of the church, but also in, in administering the word in response to confessions of sins. By the way, I said something here, and I want to repeat. Uh, and of course, I'll, I'll speak tomorrow about this. Uh, we're about to be over. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins, for strengthening me to serve and to be a blessing to you. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you be able, Father, to help the widows, those who are desperately in need right now, to pay the light bill, the electricity, God. I pray, Lord, that you send an angel of the Lord to do that. I pray, God, that people everywhere in this ministry will go into the website on the screen and put a donation there to help the widows during this time of the year, which is the most difficult time of the year, Christmas and Thanksgiving. I pray, God, that we'll be able to continue to feed the poor in Brazil. God, I ask you, Lord, that... uh, as I have done it for over 50 years now, feeding the poor, that I'll be able to continue. God, send me the money that I need to buy the food for the poor, God. Lord, I plead with you, Lord, that you, you promised me that you never leave me, never forsaken. And I'm in desperate need, Lord God, to have money that I can take to Brazil on the 16th of October, November, so I can pay the bills there, Lord, including the feeding program, which is in desperate need. God, I ask you, Lord, that you do not deny me this blessing, Lord, for I need this blessing. I'm in a desperate need in the name of Jesus. I call forth the food that I need to feed the hungry in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I call forth the food to feed the hungry. I ask you, Lord, to send an offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Correndo e olhando para trás 